It's intercepted. Picked off by Minka Fitzpatrick. Poor decision, and Fitzpatrick flying down the sideline. Touchdown, Alabama. Last name ever, first name greatest. Like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. Started off local, but thanks to all the haters, I know G4 pilots on a first name basis. In your city, faded off the ground. Nino, she insists. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I could not be more excited for the guest I have today. I, I think if I could handpick anyone to talk football with, it would it would be this person. No, it's not Deshaun Watson, but it is the GOAT. It is Evan Silva. How are we doing today? <laughs> What's up, Elliot? Uh, we're going to be talking about a defensive player, not necessarily a fantasy guy, although he will be a factor for sure, I think, in IDP leagues. And he'll be a factor, you know, when we're breaking down games for DFS or, or sports betting. Uh, but he's he's a very interesting player. And he's not what I expected based on, like, the way that he's discussed in, like, mainstream circles. I did not expect uh, what, what I saw when I watched Micah Fitzpatrick. See, that's exciting because I, I had a very similar take. So I, I wonder where we end up. But before we get into that, what position do you view him? Like, where, where do you think, where, do you, where would you want to see him play in the NFL? Well, I think it's interesting. So today I did a poll on Twitter, got a lot of a lot of entries. I just asked people, what is Minka Fitzpatrick's position? And he doesn't even necessarily have to have a singular position because he that's not he's not a one-position player. But I just wanted to get a feel for what people thought and uh, the big majority, 53% thought he was a safety, 22% thought he was a slot corner, 19% outside corner and 6% linebacker. When I watched him play and I didn't chart it, I'm sure that PFF has the statistics. I know that they said that Micah Fitzpatrick only played 13 snaps at outside corner all last season, which probably would have been, I don't know, 2% of his snaps. And uh, I, I mean, I, don't, I can't even think of in the games of any plays that I saw him lining up at, at outside corner. I mean, that was not his position. And then he, I would say that he was about 70% slot corner, uh, if not more. Uh, and very few plays of at safety, really. I mean, he was... He did a lot of like uh, roaming around the line of scrimmage. I thought he actually played more linebacker than straight safety. You never saw him line up like in, you know, as like a, a two deep safety in, in a cover two. You know, you, you never saw him lining up like that. He would be like a lurker around the line of scrimmage more like a linebacker than a safety, I thought. Yeah, it's really interesting because when you watch his 2016 tape, he did play some of that free safety role. And I actually threw up the same poll you did and asked asked if he was an in-the-box safety, a free safety, a slot corner, or a corner. And free safety was the number one vote getter. And I was kind of confused because I was like, when I watch mm-hmm. him in 2017, he, he just doesn't play there. And people were tweeting me that he's the next Earl Thomas and all this stuff. And I, I just don't see that skill set. Like, I think he could be an okay free safety for sure, but he's not on the level of Malik Hooker in terms of a center fielder and so i'm not if i'm gonna take him in the top five i'm not gonna take him to be a center fielder and it's interesting because nick saban's a really smart guy right like he's known as one of the best coaches in college football so if he had all these traits to be in outside corner why would he not put him there because you know outside corner is an incredibly valuable position or if he had all these skill set to be the free safety why would he change him into this this new player i think minka has i think he has the skill set to play boundary corner 
and I know that's a little contradictory to what I just said with Nick Saban playing him, but I do think he has the traits. I think he has the quickness. He has the size. He has the hip. So that's where I'd want to start with him, just because I think in general, that's the most valuable position in terms of the, a secondary player in the NFL. If you get a guy that's a lockdown number one corner, he can transform your entire defense. He's not in the same level of prospect as Jalen Ramsey in terms of a, a corner prospect, but people weren't sure whether he should play safety or corner, and the Jaguars started off at corner. And I think this should be a similar situation where if you're going to take him in the top five where people talk about him going, you, you I think you need to start him on the outside. That's interesting because that obviously goes against what, you know, the best college coach maybe in history, certainly of our generation, and a defensive backs coach by trade. That's how Nick Saban came up was as a, as a defensive backs guy. You know, he used Minka Fitzpatrick in this like linebacker slot corner role and so do you want to go against that? And you go back and look at, I've seen it argued that this star position in the Alabama defense is, oh, that's just where they put their best defensive back. That's not the case. I mean, you go back and you look at like Marlon Humphrey, first round pick, D. Milner, first round pick, Drake Kirkpatrick, I think he was a first round pick. These guys were not being like forced into this star position. They were playing outside cornerback for Alabama and guys like Javier Arenas and uh, Daquan Menzi and Troy Brown. Like these are the guys who have played this star position before. I, I am with you though, that I think he has the the, the skill set just from just from watching him, the way he moves and his length and stuff, I think he has plenty of length. He plays bigger than he is, I think. He, he certainly looks to have the skill set of being capable of playing outside corner. But man, I mean, his just what like where he played in 2017, he didn't he didn't play any outside corner. Yeah, absolutely. You're, not, you're I mean, you're not wrong. The 13 snaps, you watch his film, and it's it's very transparent what he is in terms of what Alabama's defense does. I, I should probably make myself a little more clear. If I'm going to take him in the top five, I need to start, start him at boundary corner because I'm not taking a slot corner in the box safety top five in the NFL draft. So when people put him in the top five, to me, if you're going to do that, he needs to start on the boundary. If he's going to fall to like the 10 to 20 range, then absolutely play him slot corner. I mean, we'll get to my player comparison later but I, I think he could do a lot of that strong safety in the box matchup with tight ends he's very good coming up reading and reacting anything in front of him so I think he's got a lot of skills that are going to translate to the NFL and he's going to be a very good NFL player I just think that if you're going to mention the guy in the top five he needs to do something that is incredibly valuable to a defense it's, a, it's the same argument when you talk about running backs right where no running back is worth a first round pick that's the common saying is that and if he is worth a first round pick he needs to become a dynamic person on your offense to change everything. So, so for me, if Minka's going to be a top five pick, he needs to do the most valuable thing in the secondary, which is either be a center fielder or be a outside corner. And I don't think those are his strengths. So I do think he has the opportunity to play outside corner. He could develop. Basically, the point is, if, if you're going to take him early, I think that's where you need to start him based on the value of the NFL today. I've noticed that a lot of Browns fans want Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, I don't get uh, that at all. Yeah, I mean, are they if, they if the Browns were to take him at four let's say does he get stuck 25 yards off the line of scrimmage and Jabril, Jabril Peppers moves up into the box it's funny because I was just talking about this with someone else that of all the fits I I the one I get the least is the brown because what he does well is what Jabril Peppers does well and then they just tried to force Jabril Peppers to do something that he doesn't do well and then we saw how he failed and Greg Williams loves having this one safety 20 yards off the line of scrimmage it's it might be the dumbest thing in football let, let me rephrase that because the Browns can 
compete for the dumbest thing in football the way the way they handle everything but i don't get that fit at all i feel like we're knocking mink a little bit so let's talk about some of his strengths so when you watched his tape what was something that stood out to you and got you excited about his game his ability to play laterally in downhill um, I thought that he was just a play finisher, you know, wh whether it was with pass breakups, with he was a high efficiency tackler. I thought, I thought he was a really good tackler. Could He won a lot of like open field, one-on-one -on -one tackling, uh, you know, uh, battles. Uh, and he just ended a lot of plays. Uh, he had a ton of interceptions, nine interceptions um, and four pick sixes. Uh, so he, he was a playmaker. I mean, he just really, really good. And, you know, a, a good blitzer, a d very dangerous blitzer and just a, a natural playmaker. And then it really just comes down to, for me, like he had an ability, a crazy, so he played a lot of slot corner, like off man coverage in slot at slot corner. Just whenever the ball was coming in his direction, like he was breaking on it quicker than the wide receiver he was covering. Yeah, I agree with that. The, there were a couple things that really stood out to me about him. One is that I thought he was very intelligent and really knew the defense incredibly well. And what I mean by that is he knew where all his help defenders were and he forced the receiver to run that direction. So if he had help on the outside, he would just do inside shading and if the receiver had an inside route, he killed the route immediately. So if the receiver tried to go outside, he forced him to his help. And then anything that was thrown in front of him, he was very comfortable breaking on the football, like you said. I mean, one thing I love to do when I watch tape is whenever I see the quarterback wind up to throw, I like to hit the pause button and see how the corner is reacting. And every single time the quarterback would bring his arm up, Minka would start to break on the ball. And it's an incredibly impressive skill set. Like his ability to come forward is is next level and it's very obvious when you watch him why people get excited i think that the start of it was basically what the value of that piece is in a system and whether or not that makes him worth the top five pick i agree with you on the blitzing i mean his i think it's three parts one i think is his timing is excellent he never gives away when he's gonna blitz which is huge i think that his speed and closing speed and burst and even ability to to avoid like a running back i saw him even try to run through a couple offensive linemen and and push them back a little bit and that's something you don't really see out as a safety and then he also has a really good understanding of of the gaps and how to blitz in terms of when to rush when to take advantage of an edge rusher kicking a tackle outside and overexposing the b gap you know he, he has just natural instincts to play football and do you have any concerns like weaknesses in his game um i'd wanted to mention one more strength that stood it. out to me he was just like a means of keeping the offense guessing because he could do one of several things on every snap he could blitz he could cover the slot receiver he could cover your tight end he's big enough to cover tight ends he could drive downhill and run support and he could lurk at linebacker and even even the, and there were even times where I think it was against Arkansas. He would like creep up to the line and he'd be hiding behind like his big defensive lineman, you know, the, and the quarterbacks like all worried about him because he could do a variety of things. He could blitz. He could, you know, he could cover a guy, um, you know, he, he could drive downhill and run support. He just had a lot of, you know, he, he was like a, a weapon and he was a, a real threat to the defense. The defense had to be concerned with where he was all the time. Uh, I thought weaknesses, you know, uh, but didn't see him make a, a lot of plays like downfield. And, you know, he, he was a close to the line of scrimmage player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what he was used for, right? He was used by the line of scrimmage. And 
I would have liked to see him turn and run with defenders more and show some of those boundary corner skill sets. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, he was playing slot corner, so he's not going to cover guys down the, the field. And one of the stats that people are going to throw out there is that he didn't allow a re- uh, reception for over 31 yards in his career, which is obviously excellent. But I don't think Bama in general is going to allow much more than 31 yards on any reception. And out of the slot in the in the college game, these guys aren't exactly running downfield routes. So I think that stat is a little misleading. I wonder how many times he was actually targeted on a out 31 yards or more downfield yeah that would that would be the better stat i don't i don't have that stat right now i'm gonna try to see if i can find that one but just in terms of i think that's that's gonna be something that's gonna be thrown out a lot i think that the combine is incredibly important for minka i think that if he shows very well in drills and shows that he's got these fluid hips and he tests very well then teams are going to feel more confident putting him at the boundary corner and then he's going to be a top five top ten lock i think that if teams feel more that he's this swiss army knife kind of player a guy that you can move everywhere he may be one of those guys that everyone has in the top five in their mock drafts then ends up going in the 10 to 15 range because teams value that a little bit less when i watch his game i he reminds me of a player i was really high on last year that ended up going in the second round and he's bigger than him so he's not going to match up with necessarily a a size perspective but buddha baker was someone i loved last year i thought he had natural football instincts he was really good in the slot he played a little more free safety than minka did but if you go back to his 2016 tape that makes sense just and a high effort guy high iq really good blitzer a guy that can lock up in the slot match up with tight ends minka's obviously bigger than buddha baker which is going to help his draft stock a lot and have teams feel more comfortable with him covering tight ends and such but i i thought that his game reminded me a lot of buddha baker and we saw what baker did with the cardinals this year and he i think he was one of pff's highest graded safeties overall so i think minka can be very successful and be a player similar to Baker with a higher ceiling. When, when you watch his game, do you have someone that he reminds you of? Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Eagles corner slash safety, um, shut down James White in the, in the passing game in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, v- very versatile. Uh, and then I, I read a, uh, a an interview with Minka Fitzpatrick, and he said he actually patterned his game after Ty- Tyran Matthew, which made a lot of sense. Well, first, because when I'm reading stuff like, oh, Minka Fitzpatrick, he can be the next Jalen Ramsey. And then I watch him play and, and or and then I read that, that Minka Fitzpatrick actually patterns his game after Tyran Matthew. I was like, oh, well, maybe just because Tyran Matthew played in the SEC. And then I watch him play and it's like, oh, well, he's being used like Tyran Matthew. You know, he's not Jalen Ramsey, like I read initially. So I thought that that was interesting. Ty- Tyran Matthew, obviously a, a, a shorter guy, but he was a havoc wrecker and, you know, played a lot. I think he even played, he played outside corner more than uh, Minka Fitzpatrick did. Uh, but he, you know, definitely was an active guy in the slot and he was, you know, a, a chess piece for the LSU defense to attack offenses. Yeah, I mean, Minka is so much bigger than your average slot corner too, which is why people want to move into the boundary. And the Jalen Ramsey thing makes sense on the surface because you're talking about a guy that played safety and slot corner and you want to move him to the boundary so in that aspect he is Jalen Ramsey I don't think he's going to be as good of a corner as Jalen Ramsey if that's where they asked to put him and I like your Malcolm Jenkins comparison because I started the podcast off by saying that if you're going to take him in the top five you should play him at corner because that's the most valuable position when Jenkins got drafted by the Saints that's where they tried him out for multiple years and learned that that's not where his skill set fit so they moved him to the optimal position for his skill set. But if you're going to spend that kind of capital, you try to get the most valuable position out of somebody. So uh, we've been kind of beating around the bush here, but where would you take Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I was thinking number seven to the Bucks because the Bucks just need, I mean, they need corner and safety help. You know, is Mike Smith, Mike Smith is still their defensive coordinator. 
right? Smith. I mean, <laughs> this guy's like this guy's a cocoon coach for sure. Um, you know, is he going to build his defense around Micah Fitzpatrick? I don't know. I and I'm like you. I think I heard you on a, another recent podcast uh, saying that you were hoping that Saquon Barkley goes to Tampa Bay. I am too. But I, I think it was. Uh, but I think that Minka Fitzpatrick is a guy that could could end up going a little bit later than people anticipate. But I think he makes sense on paper uh, for for number seven uh, to the Buccaneers just because their need is so great there. Um, and I think he, he should be able to step in and be a playmaker right away. They have a ton of free agents, uh, and they just have a lot of ineffective players in their secondary. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. The Bucks have a couple major holes. I, I the, the Barkley thing I could have a whole other podcast about. I think I've had about four podcasts about why Barkley to the Bucks is an amazing fit. But if he falls a little bit, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to the Washington Redskins for multiple reasons. One is the fact that they run a lot of zone coverage, and I think he fits that skill set very well in terms of being able to read and react to what's in front of him. Two, I wanted to start him on the boundary because I think that's the most valuable position there is. And if he lines up next to Josh Norman, he won't have to see the number one receiver as much. And I think that could help in terms of his long-term development. And three, they just traded their best corner in the slot in Fuller, and they don't exactly have elite safeties. So I think that if he didn't work out on the boundary, you could move him into that slot area or that strong safety role, and he could succeed there as well. James Betcher, uh, the old Cardinals defensive coordinator, you know, they would always use guys like this to their fullest, like Tyvon Branch and uh, Buda Baker, who you were just talking about. You know, Dion Buchanan for a while, well, he was still good. Uh, you know, they they were they were always pretty creative using a guy like this. James Becker now is with the Giants, 